This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler and Graham Williams. We're going to be talking a lot about uh, mobile technology as we always do uh, in the App Show. Uh, This week, a few announcements, some from Apple, some from Google. Uh, So new iPhones, new Google Pixels. We're going to cover it all. Uh, Google Pixel launched a new Google Pixel 5 and a 4a, both 5G phones, and Apple has announced uh, some new iPhone 12s with 5G. We also have our uh, resident uh, app nerd and expert, Graham Williams, with us uh, on the line today as well. Thanks for uh, joining us, Graham. Always glad to be here. Uh, Let's start off with the the big Apple announcements. Uh, And, you know, again, I'm always just amazed at how they can turn announcement into worldwide news. I don't think there's any other manufacturer out there, maybe except Tesla, uh, that can make that happen. Well, when you look at it, I mean, the, the iPhone 11 was the number one selling smartphone in the world for the last year. And there are a lot of technologies that are kind of culminating in this announcement. Um, you know, Apple, Silicon, obviously, we're, we're waiting for the, the computer announcement that's probably coming next month. Uh, but the A14 Bionic we saw launch with the iPad Air, this thing is a beast of a processor. And so I mean, the, the A13 was, was faster than anything else in the market still and they've launched something that's now 50 percent faster than that so i'm looking around a lot of the other you know phone chip manufacturers going what are you guys going to do to catch up and then you tack on 5g on top of this which 5g is going to be a an interesting thing to to watch people uh sort of figure out things as they roll out because this is not a this is not a technology where you know you are in the country and you are getting four gigabits per second. This is you know you've got basically one hundred to two hundred meters away from the tower where you've got <laughs> full speed. So you've well, got to put these towers really close together. So this is pretty much this is a downtown technology for sure. Well, um, and that's we, the, we do have it here in Canada. Yeah, so that's the big thing though, Graham. Uh, they made a big splash about how. They are they are five G now, you know, and I think a lot of people were criticizing Apple over the past two years. Why haven't you released any five G phones? And they finally have. But I got to be honest, I I still don't think we're fully five G capable here in Canada yet. I know the big carriers keep saying that they've got, uh, you know, five G in all the major cities, but you know, John and I have tested it uh, uh, here in Vancouver, for example, and I think they only had one tower. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And your your 4G was faster, John. Yes, yeah. yeah. And that was the thing is that, the, like Graham said, this was a downtown thing. And we were just far enough away from the downtown core that I think that's why your speed was so slow compared to my 4G. So we, sh- we should be clear. Like if you're buying an iPhone 12, a 12 mini, a 12 Pro, a 12 Pro Max, geez, that's quite the lineup, eh? Uh, you're going to be cruising around on LTE most of the time. Yeah, so. But that's okay. Like LTE is fast like let's not kid ourselves i was i was looking at this demonstration and you know they're saying four gigabits per second download uh, my my shaw internet here is one gigabit per second um which is plenty fast for me obviously this is a technology that's going to be unlocked as more towers become available and this is sort of we're picking away at the edge of this we're kind of grabbing onto it to really pull the the, the cover off at some point but this is a, a, a first generation of the of the next generation of technologies. So, uh, if you have to have the speed, great. There's a ton of other really cool features, though, that I found to be far more interesting than 5G. I got to be on. I got to be honest, Graham. Me as well. Uh, 5G. You know, because I'm a nerd, I'm excited about it. But I think for most people, even if they do get all the towers going, it's not going to be like life changing. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like going from DVD 
Do you remember when we went from VHS to uh, VHS to DVD back in the day? That was Huge. like amazing, right? Like just so different. But the the big thing about five G is it's still limited by wherever you're going or whatever you're doing. So if you're going to GeoCities website websites, they're going to be slow. Yes. Regardless if you're on five G or ten G, yeah. it doesn't matter. Did this, you just name drop GeoCities? That I did. Is, that is fantastic. Yeah, lost half the <laughs> the millennials listening to the, 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 the show. The photography features and the videography stuff in both the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 Pro line, this to me is the huge upgrade. I've got an iPhone 11 Pro. I love it. And, you know, I, I heard 5G and I'm like, ah, I'm getting the iPhone 13. It's fine. And I, I saw the f- photography stuff and went, really, you're coming from my wallet again, Apple. Hey, eh? all right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about the different models. So there's an iPhone 12. There's yes. an iPhone iPhone 12 Pro and a Pro Max. And then back backwards, uh, well, not necessarily backwards, an iPhone 12 mini. So the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 mini share all the same specs like yes. internally the only thing different is the screen size so the iphone 12 has got a smaller screen 5.4 inches but it's still you know for many people that's still pretty big and keep in mind this is like the iphone 4 form factor yes so it's super pocketable now yeah right i'm so i'm so glad to be back to those squared off edges i'm not gonna lie to you since the iphone 6 i've constantly felt like i was about to drop my phone and i have dropped my phone so much in the past few years the square edges just feel better in my hand but if you do drop your phone apple's got you covered ceramic shield yeah so uh yeah to your point there graham and and john uh they've got uh, ceramic shield this is a new glass technology that they say is a first for smartphones and it makes their new iphone 12s four times more drop proof than their previous models so I've, I, I've been i've been through three tempered glass screen covers in the last six months three you better get checked out <laughs> I, I i'm the clumsiest human being on the planet i mean i've you booted my phone carpet. right across the apartment carpet yeah. I, I, I i've got i've got concrete floors all the way through so it's no surprise my apple watch has died uh my my iphone is has, has been well the screen covers have been it so i'm looking forward to ceramic shield basically it's apple turning to me going we understand and we're gonna fix you i think we've got a bubble wrap uh, gram there so this is for me that that is a feature that is appealing because uh, like you, Graham, I have uh, smashed an iPhone screen before on an iPhone 10 Mac, 10S Max. And right. God help me. You know how much it was to replace? Like I broke it on both sides, the front and the back. And it it was, I was quoted 1100 freaking dollars. <laughs> However, luckily I got that fixed in China when I was over there for a fraction of the price. But um, it's expensive, right? So... You know, having that built into the new series, that is a really appealing feature for me. Another big one is MagSafe. What is old is new again. Yeah, so basically, now, when I heard the announcement, did you guys hear this as well? This is also going to function on the iPhone 11 series. Uh, Because when you go on the Apple website, the cases are all for the 12. But the when you look at the actual charger, it actually says it's compatible with the iPhone 11 and the iPhone 11 Pro. I think uh, it, I think that just means that you can still use it as a normal wireless charger, but yeah, it, won't, it, won't, it won't magnetically on. click. Yeah, that yeah. magnet thing looks cool though, like the cases and that little atta- like the little card credit card holder attachment got, that goes on the I've back. I've gone through so many of the adhesive ones that this to me is again, it's like Apple's looking at me going, "See, we got you, man. <laughs> but we, but, we'll but fix that, you." But that's why though I never got one of those. Uh, adhesive ones because I couldn't use my wireless charging, which is more important to me. This yes, solves yeah. all that problem. 
And I also think this is going to be a huge boom for all the third-party accessory makers making really cool stuff that will latch on. Right? Yeah, that we don't even know yeah. we needed uh, yet. So, I mean, between the the ceramic shield, you know, the the better glass and the um, that mag magnet on the back, I love that. I mean, yeah. that's going to be great for cars, you know, having that up uh, safely in your car and attaching all sorts of great cases and, you know, latching onto your charger properly as well. Uh, but speaking of chargers... Uh, Apple is saving the environment, but some people aren't happy about that. Oh, for crying out loud. Stop it. <laughs> no, dude. Have you have like, you been oh, on the internet? Open, have you been on the oh, internet? People are going nuts. Open any drawer in your house. I, I challenge all of you out there at home right now. Open any drawer in your house and you will find at least three or four chargers that are compatible with your iPhone. This is, I'm, I'm no, I will not stand for this. You did not need the headphones. I've got three of them still in the package, less than M 10 feet away. Mine are all still in the box. Yeah. I never used them. Oh. You, you know what it was? I used to keep the box and I'd keep the charger because I, I used to go out and buy the 30 watt charger so that I could charge my iPad and my iPhone faster. So the little five watt stays in there. The little lightning cable stayed in there. The, the headphones did, stayed in there. So when I went to sell this thing, I'm like, here's your phone with your brand new glass cover because I just got that replaced. And all of your accessories, they're in pristine condition. That's got to be worth at least another 20 bucks on Craigslist, I swear. We don't need these things. Like this actually, Apple has nailed this. And, you know, they actually have done something really cool here, which is they're, they're providing the USB-C cable, which I don't think a lot of people have. And that's the cable that does unlock faster charging. Um, but that's, that's not going to work on the old charger, though. It's not, but they're selling a 20-watt USB-C charger now. Uh, for I think it's either 25 or 29 bucks Canadian, which is I think 10 or $15 less than the old, uh, the old 18 watt one. Um, so this will charge your iPad faster. It'll charge your iPhone at full speed at, with that, that high speed charging. Uh, this was, this was the right move. And I would, I would look to other manufacturers to say, guys, it's time for you to get rid of the extra waste. Uh, it's time for you to stop costing all of us, uh, and, Get rid of this stuff. And if you if you need one, go buy one. But let's face it, you've got USB cables around. You've got charges around. And all these things are wireless charging now anyway. I, I, I just wish they would have dropped lightning. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the rest of the world is on USB-C, uh, and they're still clinging onto the lightning cable. Which is weird, because normally they're the first to dump something that is... Well, I, it's weird, and it's not, because um, the lightning cable gives them kind of an exclusivity they can charge more for that because they actually license that to all the accessory yeah. manufacturers to, let, to incorporate let, that. Let, let's be honest here, though. If they were to get rid of Lightning in favor of USB-C, there's an entire ecosystem of products out there that people have purchased that they would then be invalidating. Um, you know, if you have a Lightning adapter device and suddenly Apple's like, guess what? This doesn't work anymore. They're not going to go to USB-C. They're going to go to a fully portless phone before they do that. Uh, so they've got the the different models. Let's talk about the cameras uh uh, in these uh, as well uh, when we come back from the break because uh, there's so much more to talk about here. And we'll be talking about the new HomePod Mini, the speaker that you didn't know you needed. You're listening to The App Show back after the break. You're back with The App Show. Mike and John here, and we've got Graham Williams with us today as well, talking all about the uh, latest Apple news. Before we get to some of the new camera features, I want to give a shout-out to the contest, giving away a Roku Stream Bar. This is a great all-in-one sound bar and smart TV device. You can hook this up to any TV, any size, because it's a nice compact size. All you need is an HDMI port on your TV, which pretty well most of them have in the past six, seven years. And again, if you want to enter... Get Connected Media, 
iPhone12.com is our website. Go to the newsletter tab and all the instructions are there. So we're talking about the new iPhone 12s, uh, the cameras, uh, Graham. What's exciting about that for you? Uh, low light. And so, I mean, the iPhone 11 has done a remarkable job of bringing low light photography to the forefront um, with the iPhone. You know, I've got a lot of friends who were sticking with the Pixel because of Google's night shot uh, capability and just, they, you know, Looking back at my iPhone 10 versus some of those previous pixels, uh, there was no question. Google's computational photography, their software algorithms were fantastic. Um, Apple has come to the table with faster lenses, so wider apertures. Uh, I think it's a 1.6 on the wide angle. Now, to give you some perspective, I was rocking a Sony A350 DSLR with a 50 millimeter f1.7 lens from the early 70s, and that thing could take pictures by candlelight. And I loved it. And this this lens on the new iPhone is even faster than that. It, it pulls in even more light than that, which means that for video, for pictures, uh, those things where in the past you've looked at something, you can see it with your eyes, but your camera has never been able to capture it. You are going to be able to get those pictures now. And I am so excited to see what people do with this. The two things that I really got excited about, aside from the low light, which is fantastic, like Graham said, uh, is the image stabilization. They've shifted from stabilizing the lens to stabilizing the sensor. So this is a technology that Sony had, I got want to say about 15 years ago, called Super Steady Shot. And way, way back in my previous life, I was a you know young man selling camcorders at Future Shop. Uh, this has got to go back 20 years now. Uh, and this technology was the real deal. By by basically making the sensor respond to vibrations, you could get a much faster, much more stable image. And nobody else in the market was doing it. And the idea that we've got optical in- image stabilization, sensor stabilization in a phone blows my mind. Yeah, This is fantastic. And, and the other thing that I was even more excited about is the LiDAR. Um, mm. This is something that's kind of already in, you know, if you have a, 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 a Face ID camera uh, on, if you have like an 11 series phone, uh, they put it on the back though and they've made it better. And this, what it does is a couple different things. One, it allows you to have autofocus in very low light situations because it's not relying on the light, it's sending out these uh, pulses to sort of measure and, and, and see the room or the space that you're actually in. Um, but for me, this turns your phone into a 3D scanner and there's already software available for the iPad Pro that has this similar LiDAR, LiDAR in it that allows you to create 3D models that you can actually 3D print from your iPad and now you'll be able to do it on your iPhone without any additional hardware, which is fantastic. You're a big 3D printing nerd, so you're going to love that. Yes. 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 You scan people's heads and... Scan your head and put it on <laughs> something. John recently did some surgery on my 3D printer. We've got a little bit longer to, to go on that. We've got a couple of new things to add in, but I'm excited to uh, to scan our first thing with uh, Mike. that iPhone 12 that comes in. <laughs> scan Mike. Okay, let's uh, quickly switch over to the new uh, HomePod Mini that they announced. Uh, I think they have an uphill climb with this. Uh, I know they'll sell millions because they're Apple, but you know, are they trying to compete against Alexa and the Google Nest series of smart speakers? Because uh, they're pretty behind. You know what? They're they're not they're not competing with those guys. They are providing a solution for everybody that's in the Apple ecosystem that's looking at those things and going, "Do I have to have one of those things on my network?" I guess. You know, Spotify threw two Google Nest Minis at me for free, and they're sitting in the box. I do not want a privacy invading smart speaker in my house. I sold both of my Echo Dots. Um, I've been living without. I've got I've got a HomePod in the bedroom, but 
everywhere else in the house, I've got dumb Sonos speakers. Um, I've, my ARC is actually arriving today. So I'm, I'm excited about that, but it's got Alexa and, and you know, works with Google or whatever the hell they call that. I'm not doing it. I, I will add HomePod minis around the house because for 129 bucks Canadian, that is a no brainer. That is my Siri interface. And because the Arc is AirPlay compatible, this actually unlocks AirPlay for my Sonos system as well. Uh, they're not competing. What they're doing is they're providing a solution for everybody that's looked at this stuff and said, I'm an Apple household and I don't want Amazon or Google here. And Graham, you've got a, a great blog post sort of going into more detail about why this is uh, on your must-buy list as soon as it's available later uh, later this year. The one feature I thought was cool, though, was the intercom feature. So yes. now using Siri and like a Google, I can't call it a Google, a HomePod mini, uh, and any of your Apple devices uh, like your iPhone, iPad, MacBook, or even your car, if you've got Apple CarPlay, you can use Siri and the intercom feature to talk to the folks back at home. Like if you're in your car driving home and you're wondering, should I get some milk? You can just use Siri and uh, ask the kids uh, who might be watching a show or something. Hey, do I need some milk? And it'll all interface together. Can I tell you the weird thing? I'm curious about this. My parents are in the same Apple family that I am. They live 3000 kilometers away. I'm wondering if I buy them a home pod, can I intercom to them back home? I hope I can. And I think that will be awesome. They'll either love that or hate that. Okay, we're going to have to take a break, but so much more to talk about. We're going to cover some of the news from Google. They are launching the new Google Pixel 5 and 4a. These are new 5G phones that got some, they have some really interesting features, including a new battery saving mode that can give you an extra two days of life on your Pixel phone. You're listening to the App Show. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Well, yes, I know Apple had big announcements this week, but Google did as well. They have uh, announced and are launching their new Google Pixel 5 and Google Pixel 4a, both 5G versions. To help us uh, go through some of the uh, the goodies here, we've got our tech expert out of Toronto, Ted Kritsonos. Thanks for joining us, Ted. Good to be with you guys. You've had a chance to try out the Pixels. and. Uh- that's that's why i wanted to get you on on the line so first of all the big thing is they're 5g which is going to change the world right ted that's what they say (laughs) um and and yeah uh if if we are going to be part of that world changing evolution it's not going to happen right away no because 5g network rollout in canada is a bit staggered and obviously it's not quite there yet so that particular feature is going to be something that will apply later as opposed to now what I think is more immediate when it comes to the Pixel 5 are, are three things. One is the price, uh, the second is the battery life, and the third is the camera. Uh, the battery life is, I want to point out specifically because this was a major problem with the Pixel 4. And from what I, I don't know about you guys, but from what I've seen so far, it is holding up really well on this phone. So hopefully it stays like that, but we'll see. And then, of course, the price, I mean, it's hard to argue with a price like 800 bucks outright. Yeah, for a com- phone. compared to the Apple iPhones, which are starting around 929 for the base model. Yeah, and that's, that's, and that's the iPhone 12 mini. Yes. You know, never mind when we get to the 12 and the 12 Pro and all that. So, so the price is right for sure. And the camera performance, I mean, that's where the real value comes in. Don't get me wrong. Like, the software experience is great. It's stock Android. Uh, Pixel phones to me have always been really good on the software experience because it's just it's just unfettered Android. Like there's no overlay, um, so there are no surprises there. Anybody coming from a Pixel three or four is not going to be shocked 
really by anything that they see here, except for maybe some of the features that they didn't have access to. But the camera is even better than it already was. Uh, some of these tweaks that Google made uh, seem to really make a difference. And I, I need to shoot with it more, but I'm impressed so far. You're a big photo nut. Uh, so uh, would you say that this is one of the better camera systems out there right now? It's one of the best, but flat out. For, for smartphones, it is one of the best you can get. Uh, there's no question about that. Especially for the price point. Oh, well, that's the thing. It gets even better when you factor in the price point. You mentioned the 4A 5G. Now, that, the 4A 5G is the same as the regular 4A. I, I don't want to confuse people here, but there are actually two 4A, Pixel 4A variants. Yeah. So there's a regular one that was launched in September, and then there's the one that with 5G, okay? Now, they are otherwise the same phone. The camera performance in that phone for the price is out. By, by a long shot, the best you can get for the price. Like for under 500 bucks for the for the standalone, uh, the non-5G 4A, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a camera that shoots that well. So, yeah, I mean, and the 5 for its price point, of course, is like, uh, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I want to talk about the battery because there's one feature uh, that they uh, Google actually uh, demonstrated to, to me. Uh, there's a new battery saving feature. And you talked about how the, the previous version, the, the Pixel 4, wasn't that great. My son has one and he, he complains bitterly about the battery life. In this new uh, version of, of their Pixel phones, there's a battery saving feature that basically you can turn off all of the apps except the the ones you need to keep the phone going like you know the phone <laughs> the phone app uh and you can apparently get up to 48 hours more juice out of the phone yeah so i call this google's insurance policy and, <laughs> and, and, and basically what this is is like hey we know we screwed up last year with a really really bad battery so we're going to throw in this mode that will ensure that you don't die at inopportune times. And, and that's basically what it comes down to. I mean, the, the, the battery saver mode in and of itself is not really different from anything anybody else has done. To be honest with you, one of the best battery saving modes I remember using was Sony's in, in, in its Xperia phones. Uh, it was excellent. It kicked in at, the, you know, at certain times. You had a lot of things you could adjust with it. Uh, this here is a little bit more extreme in that it locks down a lot of the phone in order to keep it going. But it's it's a cool feature to have, uh, and it's useful for people. It's not necessarily overly innovative uh, at all, but it's it's nice that they threw it in there because ultimately, you know, they're trying to make sure that the phone doesn't die when it should. Well, I think that'd be good for traveling. I know so many times when I've been, not that I'm traveling anymore, uh, but in the past when I'm traveling, you know, you're down to your last... 10 15 percent and you know you still got hours to go in the day uh you know having that type of feature would just be in, invaluable um is, is it interesting that they came in with this lower price point compared to some of the other flagship phones out there and also there's no pixel 5 xl either it's just the one size yeah and i'm okay with that because the the size i think will appeal to a lot of users uh i i and they didn't go with an xl version for the 4a either by the way no. so so they they went with one size for either either phone and i i'm okay with it personally i mean i i used the 4xl last year uh, i liked it it was great but i'm literally i'm liking the size of this one so far it's it, it's big but it's not huge um, and it seems to be fine the price point i think is is on right on the mark um, I, I 
was thinking even from last year that we would see a shift in the market going back to mid-range or at least what we consider mid-range now which is basically under a thousand dollars now um so i'm not surprised that google would go that route because at this point if, if they're trying to buy market share as part of this like if this is partly to buy market share it's a good way to do it especially given what apple announced Talking with Ted Critsonos out of Toronto. He's our tech expert uh, over there about the new Google Pixel 5 and 4A 5G versions. Uh, we will uh, be having uh, some uh, write-ups about these uh, on our website and uh, an unboxing as well if you want to check that out at getconnectedmedia.com. Ted, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. When we come back from the break. More to talk about on the app show. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Well, one of the uh, the biggest fears I have is losing my mobile. I mean, we spend so much money on uh, our mobile devices. Uh, smartphones are anywhere from, uh, you know, $500 to $1,500 or even more, depending what model uh, you get. Thankfully, there are some solutions out there. Today, we're going to look uh, over on the Samsung side. We've got a great guest. His name is Stephen Cull. He's the Director of Mobile Product Management and Strategy for Samsung Electronics Canada. Thanks for joining us, Stephen. Thanks for having me on. Uh, tell us about uh, your solution for finding uh, your mobile devices. Uh, it's called uh, Find My Mobile. What does it do? So Find My Mobile is integrated uh, directly into the settings of the device, and it makes it really easy for a customer to turn on and uh, and get access to a website where they can go and look for their phone when it's lost. Not only your phone, I mean, we've expanded the functionality so you now, now can look for your buds. You know, everyone's using... Uh, you know, buds nowadays with without uh, wires, and and you know, one of them could fall out and fall under a couch, and you may not be able to look for that one. They're not together, so you got one, but not the other. Find my mobile enables you to find that missing bud, so you can still have both ears going. How does that work? Does it send off an alarm in that missing bud that's under the couch? Yes, a new functionality we released, uh, you know, just a few months ago is related to uh, BLE technology and ultra wideband. So we use both Bluetooth and ultra wideband um, to search for devices in and around uh, in and around uh, your own account. So, for example, you would register your buds in the settings of your device under Find My Mobile. You would turn on the privacy setting that allows us to search for lost devices when offline, and then using that offline functionality, we use devices in around your ecosystem and other devices in the ecosystem that also have the service turned on to locate missing pieces. So your buds are connected via Bluetooth. And so when one is offline or out there, it sends the last signal out because you've turned on the functionality. So it turns a signal out that says, hey, I'm here. So long as it still has power, it'll continue to broadcast that BLE signal, which is a low battery signal. It allows other devices to pick up that signal and then report back to the Find My Mobile server where exactly that product is. And and BLE has a very good uh, tight radius. So it should get you close to your couch, if not directly under your couch, to find out where that one slipped through. It's not using like a a silent dog whistle type technology (laughs) so that your dog can find it for you? Well, if your butt had some bacon on it, I'm sure your dog would find it. But barring the bacon and the dog, uh, this is a great solution to get you home. Find my bacon. That's the new service. Oh, my God. We're, we're going to be rich, John. Uh, so for smartphones, uh, same type of technology, essentially? 
Yeah, smartphones, again, we started Find My Mobile on the phone itself, and basically it was a pure web server. You would uh, go in, turn it on in the settings. It would only work as an online thing. So as long as the phone had data connectivity, it would report back to the Find My Mobile server. You'd go to a web service, uh, much like you would for any of the other products or using Google's solution, and you'd be able to locate it within a radius based on assisted GPS and some other functionality that's available. Now, with the offline functionality, we use broadcast signals again through BLE and ultra-wideband. For example, if you have one of our Note 20 Ultra devices, it supports ultra-wideband. So you'd be able to get a broader radius in terms of locating that missing device. And again, you go to the website to, to find that product. So, uh, so if you lose your if you lose your Samsung smartphone, um, mm-hmm. and and someone finds it and takes the SIM card out, uh, is it still able to connect? Yeah, absolutely. So again, with offline mode, which is a new feature we rolled out, it's using the same thing that we use for tracking buds or smartwatches or what have you. So long as the device is powered on, even without data connectivity, we can still offer location capabilities based on using the broader network of Samsung devices and the transmission of BLE or ultra-wideband frequencies to then give us a radius as to where that device would be. We also have things in place like your Samsung account, which locks your phone and uses an encryption technology and dual authentication. So in the event someone else picked up your phone and they decide that they're going to use it for themselves, you know, we can wipe and clean those devices and make it hard for you just to rip and replace or sign out of your account or, or flash the device and then be able to use it again. With the Samsung account and the security locks in place with dual authentication, you're, not, you're, you're more likely uh, to be able to maintain a lost device being returned to you but having it being sold on the gray market or something like that. How easy is it for someone to basically erase the phone with all that security on it? So through Knox and the Samsung account and Find My Mobile and these other security things that we put in place to give customers that peace of mind, even when their device gets lost, that they can get it back, it makes it very challenging for a customer simply just to flash and be able to go. Again, a number of years ago, the the, the stolen device market was pretty big because all OEM type challenges with being able to uh, really lock down the device. And so... With the implementation of, of account locks and dual authentication, where you actually had to send a text message to the device in order for it to unlock, uh, it makes it a lot more challenging for people just to go in, do a hard reset or a factory reset or flash another uh, software version on the device and get it to open up. The locks are actually implemented at the chipset level using our Knox technology. So you can't just rip and replace them. It really does take the software fix, the key, the encryption key, if you will, in order to open it up. We're talking with Stephen Cullen. He is uh, our friend over at Samsung Canada, talking about uh, the Find My Mobile feature on Samsung devices, not only for the smartphones, but uh, across their line as well, the watches, the buds, the tablets. Where can people find out more info, Stephen? So you can go to samsung.ca or .com slash ca or just straight up .ca and uh, go into our services uh, section and you'll be able to look at Find My Mobile. The other enhancement, just before we go, the last thing I'd like to say is we're now integrating it into our SmartThings application. So for those customers who are managing a smart home and using our SmartThings app in order to manage their ecosystem, coming up in Q4, you'll be able to find Find My Mobile integrated directly in the SmartThings application to give you a more convenient way to manage uh, your devices, especially when they're lost in the house or in your car or what have you. Again, SmartThings gives you the ability to control your whole connected home, and now it gives you a way to find your lost items. 
guess we're not going to be able to steal any of Steven's stuff anytime soon. Nope. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for joining us, Steven. Thanks again, guys. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. When we come back from the break, more apps to talk about here on the App Show. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Once again, throwing to our contest, giving away a Roku stream bar. This thing is super cool, and I'm I'm excited about it because I want to put this on a bunch of my TVs in my house. It's a it's a smaller sound bar, so it's not like the big long ones. Yeah. So this thing's going to fit on any size TV and still give you like really good sound and really good with the um, speech. You know, a lot of times you can't hear what people are saying on TV, you know, in the TV shows and movies because there's so much stuff going on. This kind of isolates it and amplifies it so you can kind of hear. So it'll make you understand Tenant better. Yeah, I can't understand half these movies. So this this is going <laughs> to help me dramatically. Again, if you want to try to win the one we're giving away, get connectedmedia.com, hit the newsletter tab, subscribe, and all the instructions are there on how to do it. It's super easy. Just do it. Did you take advantage of any of the Amazon Prime Day deals? You know... I wanted to, and I usually sort of save up all my purchases for the Prime Day deals, but nothing really has come through that was worth it. That blew you away. Well, no, and also I'm, I'm saving my pennies because Apple announced a bunch of stuff I'm going to buy. Yeah, yeah, you have no money left. That's right. <laughs> Essentially. It's all going to the iPhone 12 fund. But it's interesting, though, because there was a few little products that I was interested in, and that I tracked the prices for, you know, through, with your wish list. And I swear, like, just before Prime Day, they were, say, $100. When Prime Day came, they were $120. Oh, that's crap. Until they were featured as a deal, which then took it down to 75 Like, yeah. the prices are just fluctuating on everything. I mean, that's yeah. kind of their algorithm anyways. But yeah. It's, but that's not cool. Like, it goes up. Yeah. And so then it looks like an even better deal. Yeah. It's like the MSRP versus the regularly normal discounted yeah. price. So what did you buy? It's really nerdy stuff. Yeah. I bought a step-down converter. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm converting one of my old 3D printers into a laser etching machine. Oh. And I need to run the laser at 12 volts and the 3D printer is at 24 volts. Got it. So I bought a step-down converter for 10 bucks. I'm very happy about that. How much did you save? <laughs> like $2. Wow. Wow. What are you going to do with all that money, John? I put it towards my new iPhone. Yes. Uh, I bought some lights, some LED lights yes. for shooting our video podcast. Uh, you have inspired me because you bought these. I don't know what you call these things. They're like LED light stands. They're like they're like the wands at the airports when they're scanning you, but longer. But longer. But and they on have, a tripod. Yeah. Well, they're on stands. Yeah. Light stands. Um, and they 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 have lots of LEDs. They're nice, bright. They're 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 not hot. So standing in, sitting in front of these all day. Yeah. It's not. Uh, it's what we use to illuminate our glorious faces. On our video podcast, if you're watching, if you want to see us video wise, uh, the radio show, we do a video version of it, getconnectedmedia.com. Anyway, uh, I forget how much I paid. They were like regularly 100 something and on for 20% off. Yeah. Which is, you know, couldn't, I mean, couldn't beat it. Like I'm in production, like I make real TV shows and stuff. Lights can cost thousands of dollars. And so for what we're doing here, it's pretty darn good. Well, and th these are perfect lights for if you're doing like a video podcast or yeah. you're a streamer or something like that, because you can put them anywhere. They uh, Yeah, this one came with a carrying case. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You know, because we've been talking about, since we're all on Zoom now, um, you know, get the ring light, get the ring light. But these are even better. Well, these are stretched out ring lights. <laughs> exactly. That's all the time we have left. I want to thank everyone that helps put the show together. Getconnectedmedia.com is where it's all happening. Check it out. We'll see you again next time. 
You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.